Hello from sunny California. I'm getting dressed to go to the Fun Home musical, and producer Ponyo wants me to let you know that we still don't have our Wi-Fi situation figured out yet at our new apartment, which means that when I talked to vegan weightlifter Lacey Davis this week for advice, I had to do it for my neighbor's stoop. Is that punk? Is that cool? What is that? It's, it's field reporting, but literally from a field because I'm stealing Wi-Fi. I also have great advice this week from Beth Pickens, who is a series regular and the author of the pamphlet, Making Art During Fascism. She talked to me about whether or not you should marry someone for their insurance and then gave me some marriage tips of her own. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. And as always, if you enjoy our podcast, tell a friend and tip producer Chris and go to my Patreon page and have a great week. Sagittarian matters. Sagittarian matters. What's the Today on Sagittarian Matters, advice about marriage, mothers, medical care, and more with my special guests, Beth Pickens and Lacey Davis. Stay tuned. Beth Pickens is a powerhouse Capricorn, a series regular, a consultant to artists, and author of the pamphlet Making Art During Fascism. You can find her at BethPickens.com. Dear Nicole, should I marry my boyfriend so I can get on his health insurance so I can afford to have a benign tumor removed from my head? I love him, but would not otherwise be considering marriage. P.S. If I don't have the tumor removed, I may go deaf, but I also might go deaf from the surgery itself. It's a real pickle. Signed, Pickle in Pensacola. Beth Pickens, do you think this person should get married to her boyfriend? for his health insurance to get a benign tumor removed from her head. Wow. First of all, I want to say I'm so sorry to this person who wrote in that these are the conditions of how we make choices about our health in the U.S. It's a fucking tragedy. I'm so sorry. And I'm a person who got married largely for health insurance. I mean, I'm with my partner. I had been with my partner for years. And we didn't really consider it until it became legal nationwide. But even when it became legal, really our motivation was her health insurance. She had great health insurance and I had um, the Affordable Care Act insurance in California and it would be much cheaper, better insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And I needed dental care and the whole, I've been through this rigmarole and it's a really hard thing to do. I think my advice truly is first ask yourself, have you exhausted all other options? Have you made sure by talking to maybe a social worker or somebody who knows more about healthcare in the state that you live in, um, or with, if your job has HR, have you exhausted every other option to see whether or not you qualify for anything else or could have insurance on your own? Um, if you have, and you have the, the only seeming choice in your life is to get married to access this insurance. I think I think maybe yes, like without your health, you don't have anything. We have to have our bodies and take care of them. People get married for all kinds of zany reasons, including those of us who need healthcare coverage, stable, good healthcare coverage. And yeah, so that's my advice. First, exhaust your other options independently where you're not legally bound to another person. Then if it's your next best option, do it, take care of yourself. I think that's really good advice. 
I was going to say no. Don't marry this guy. But you know what? Your body is the thing you live in. That's all you got. That's all you got, man. You got one body. One life to live. I like exhausting your options first. So, listener, that's what you should do. Do the research. Do the footwork. Ask some people who might know more and different information than you do. You know, I've always found a lot of luck with Christian hospitals. Or hospitals that are religiously affiliated. Having a really kind, kind of like forgiveness program for people that don't have a lot of money. Um, that's, that's one option. If you have to choose a hospital to go to and you need to research a little bit about someone in your area that might forgive part of your bill, um, that happens. Yeah. And if you decide the best choice here for you is to marry your boyfriend and access his health insurance, you know, before you get married, even if you were getting married for a different motivating factor, um, just talk about it first. What does it mean to be married? What does it mean to be legally bound to each other? Are you going to join finances? Just have that talk because no matter the reason why we marry another person, it's really good to have clarity about what it means for both of you beforehand. What does it mean for you? In my marriage? <laughs> well, it's weird. Like I didn't think I'd feel different and I didn't at first, but really within about six to nine months, it felt very different. Um, because I'm legally bound to this person now and we integrated our finances, which I'd never done in my life before. And it was really scary. It was a lot of really big changes. And, um, I'd heard from a friend who talked about being married, another person who, in a same sex marriage, um, who said that there was something about it where they felt like, Oh, I can't just bounce. Neither one of us can just bounce. I mean, there's actual legal ties that have to be disentangled if we decide we want to end this marriage, whether or not we're ending the relationship. And that's just new. I'd never had that before. Yeah, it's I trippy. Feel, I've always been able to bounce if I needed to. Um, do you have any last advice for my listeners this week about marriage, about love, about healthcare? About marriage, about love, marriage, and healthcare. Let me think for a moment. Driving in LA and giving advice is pretty kind of amazing next level. to be able to do both things. And it's not the first time you've done it, just to remind you. Yeah, the key to a happy relationship in my household, as you know, I don't know if I've told your listeners, <clears throat> the king system. Oh, will you describe the king system? The king system. So in my household, we have two bad dogs and a bad cat. And in the morning, whoever is king stays in bed. The other person who is not king, it means it's their morning, they get up at the ungodly hour that whatever pet first wakes us up, they feed all the pets, they walk the dogs, they make coffee, they bring coffee and seltzer to the other person who's king in bed. And then they get in bed too and we drink coffee and seltzer and have a nice morning together. And it alternates every other morning. How did you decide to make this system? It evolved organically. I don't even think... It it was like in place and then we codified it. (laughs) Codified it. Codelified it. Yeah, who decided to include royalty in the mix? I think Allie, probably, my my spouse, likes to be a king (laughs) in bed and have people wait on her. So I think probably at some point we were already doing this thing informally. And she probably started saying, can I be king? Will you do everything? And I'll be, I'll lay here like a king. And then we started referring to it as who's king. I would call it invalid. (laughs) Can I lay here like an invalid and you just take care of me? So for Christmas this past year, she celebrates Christmas. 
I don't, but I respect her holiday. So one of her presents was our friend Jibs Cameron, Dynasty Handbag. She um, drew a portrait of Allie in bed with all of our pets and like Prozac and an AA book and just all this really funny stuff. And bed's really funny and shrunk it down for me. And I printed out 24 copies and they're coupons that she can redeem one at a time and be king if it's her morning. Yeah. She said it was the best present she's ever gotten. (laughs) She can wake you up with that. Yes. And she's used three in the past month. Were you resentful or you did it gladly? I have to honor the coupon. We know that you love rules and you love structure. <laughs> and so if you have, you've already set up this rule and structure, you're not going to go against well, it. Well, and as a Capricorn, not only do I believe in rules and structure, but I believe you need to merrily follow the rules. <laughs> so if there's a rule that I said, I said, I put in place, I said I would do this thing when you redeem the coupon. Not only do I have to do it, but I have to do it with good cheer. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Do you think it's ever a bummer to be a romantic partner to a Capricorn? Yeah, I'm sure it's a bummer all the time. You mean the first time Allie told me she loved me and I said, I feel strongly about you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not a very emotional, romantic person. (laughs) I very much identify with Capricorn and you know that Capricorn song by Harvey Sid Fisher on YouTube. It's such a drag. Specifically the line, I make love by the numbers. Oh. I'm not bored by routine. Oh. I'm not. I'm not. I love routine. <laughs> routine <too>. is... <laughs> I mean, I don't... You know, I'm, I'm never nude and I don't really Same. like sexy words. But <laughs> if I were to be erotically charged ever, it would be by a routine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beth Pickens, thank you for lending your voice to Sagittarian Matters. Always a pleasure. We're going to come back to you next week to find out how your fascism workshop went. I can't wait to tell you more. Your anti-future me. (laughs) Future Capricorn can't wait. Lacey Davis is a vegan powerhouse. She's a weightlifter. She just had me on her podcast called Rise and Resist, and she's about to open up a gym called Liberation Barbell, which is very open to people who are gender variant, and it's fat positive. Check her out and enjoy our talk. Lacey Davis, welcome to the nature-filled podcast studio of Sagittarian Matters. Oh, so excited to be here. Um, I hope you enjoyed the sound of wind whipping through the trees. I just, I feel like I'm right there, you know? I'm right there with you in nature. I'm in nature because my internet, despite everything I'm doing, is still pretty sketchy. Okay. Mm. Here's our advice question. Okay. What do you do? When you overhear your mother speaking horrific things about you to your sister after she thinks she hung up her cell phone but did not. Oh, that is complicated. What, when well, you overhear your mother speaking horrific things about you to your sister, well, I mean, I, I would apply some therapy to this. Yeah, I, well, first... Um, to the asker of this question, that sounds really hard, and I'm very sorry because that is a very specific to be to hear your mom or any other parent saying negative things about you is a very particular kind of deep slight. Even if you don't have the awesomest relationship with your parents, like I mean, I don't have the awesomest relationship with my parents, but I've heard them say bad things about me, and it feels very bad 
even though logically I give no fucks. Um, so I'm sorry. That sucks. That's super duper sucks. I think there's kind of, in my mind, there's kind of two options. Um, one involves some sort of confrontation and one involves, uh, just taking care of yourself and like meeting your own needs because I would imagine if you hear something really terrible being said, you need some sort of like reassurance or something. And like, maybe that parent is going to be a dry well. So I guess I'll talk about both. It kind of just, um, it matters how much effort and energy you want to give to that parent, because in some sense, a confrontation requires giving some of your energy, you know? Yeah. So if you choose to not confront said parent, I would suggest therapy big time, talking to a therapist about it. If you don't have a therapist, you can talk to a trusted friend. Really it talking about it or writing about it or whatever you need to do to, to kind of like express the feelings that are coming up around it, I think is going to be really helpful. You know, um, a lot of times it doesn't matter what is said by whom, if the thing that is said rings somewhat true, I'll be much more offended and activated than if the thing holds absolutely no merit. So an example would say, if you heard a parent say that you weren't smart and you had some sort of um, insecurity around your intelligence, it might dig, that statement might dig its hooks in a little bit deeper. So in talking to whoever it is you choose to talk about, I talk with it about, I think it would be smart to kind of like figure out what about what was said is so terrible and what it's bringing up for you and what insecurities you have and that sort of thing. And then you can kind of like work through it from a more logical space as opposed to, you know, a more emotionally reactive space. I think it's okay to have emotions around horrible things being said about you by a parent, but, uh, I think it's also good to kind of like find a way to move past it and into your logical brain where you know that you're good and you're doing your best and you're trying. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of hard when I don't know what the thing that was said was, but that would be, that's one option. The other option is if you feel like you want to have a, a relationship with that parent, just like with anyone that you heard saying a bad thing about you, you have to communicate about it. And, um, that I think is going to involve a little bit of emotional bolstering by your community or your therapist or whatever it is you do to feel like your tank is full, your reserves are ready for some kind of like emotional chaos. Um, I would do that before talking to the parent. And then I would just be really transparent and say, I heard that you said this thing and I, that hurt my feelings. So what's up with that? You know, like I think, for me in times when I've confronted a parent, simple is better and kind of like hearing what that person has to say, kind of collecting all the information. Maybe you only heard a piece of the conversation. Maybe, you know, you never know what, what exactly is going on. So trying to find the bigger picture is, I think, important if you want to go the confrontation route. Again, but I don't, you don't call, I wouldn't call it a confrontation. It doesn't need to have that kind of like aggressive energy. You know what I right. mean? conversational yeah i mean you could be like mom 
I think I might have to give you a lesson in turning off your phone because I actually heard a lot of your conversation about me after we hung up. Right. <laughs> totally. I mean, actually, that's really great. If you can add any kind of, like, it's not casual because it's hurtful, but if you can add some, like, straightforward, casual levity to the conversation, like you just did, basically, um, I think it kind of paves the way for, right, a less combative conversation. Totally. Because it's like, yeah, I just I just would hate for this person to take on something that's not like that other like her mom should be embarrassed oh her big mom time. should not to tell her mom what she should feel but her mom should would probably be embarrassed and maybe a little ashamed that she mm-hmm. was saying all that and that she was saying things she didn't want her daughter to know and then her daughter heard her so i would kind of give her also like those really awkward pauses to just see what she does yeah you know yeah like, yeah, like yeah totally you that's were what saying. i was saying like a lot of times I feel like when I am emotionally activated, my uh, urge is to, like, start talking and, like, fill up all the space and no awkward silence. But if you just say, like, very transparently and simply, this is what I heard, and then just stop talking, then I feel like that leaves room to have some explanation coming your way or something. And more, you know, Beth Pickens is on the podcast giving advice this week, too. And one of her guiding principles is more will be revealed. You know, totally. more mm-hmm. information will be revealed. So either your mom might reveal herself to you to be a worse person than she thought you were, that you thought she was, or someone who maybe you trust a little bit less than you thought you could, or maybe she's going to reveal that she is like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. And then it can be a place for you to grow a little bit. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? I'm hoping for if, if that, uh, the conversation route is taken, I'm hoping that happens. That sounds... That sounds ideal, but no matter what, I think retaining your sense of like personal integrity and self-love and like I said, bolstering yourself a little bit before any conversations or even if no conversation is had to kind of like get secure in yourself is good because if I've learned one thing in this life, it's that you can't really count on a parent to make you feel better all the time. (laughs) Sometimes they don't. don't. So you got to parent yourself you know i wouldn't understand (laughs) i know i know that's really confusing to nicole because your parents are so reliable um (laughs) jk they're not Um, i still my i was just thinking i supposed to call my mom today but i just ran across her one-star amazon review of my book again which we've never discussed because when she left it i was like oh god bless her you know i don't know uh but i just ran across it again because i was like who what is fucking with my amazon rating and I was like, oh, this one-star Amazon review. I reported it to Amazon as abuse, as mm-hmm. abusive content. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, what do, you, what do you do when you find your – I mean, for me, I'm just like, oh, that reminds me of who my mom is and that I shouldn't go to the hardware store for milk, i.e., yep. my mom is not going to have a different quality of love than that. Totally. I mean, I have a jerk mom. I was actually thinking, like, <laughs> maybe I'm not the best person for this question because – my instinct is like you okay you just need to gather your resources and parent yourself but like maybe that's not (laughs) maybe this person's mom is typically really good and you know just decided to start talking trash all of a sudden talking trash just had a little moment where she forgot that she was good you know i don't know you can't count on parents though unfortunately all the time parents just don't understand Um, (laughs) totally what what of your best i feel like for me 
understanding that family can be different things and that I can be a good family member within my friend group of chosen family was really Mm -hmm. valuable for me because my family of origin I'm not as good at keeping in touch with for a variety of reasons. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll feel like, oh, I'm such a bad family member. But a friend will remind me, no, you're a good family member. Like you call and care about and like initiate things with your chosen family of friends all the time. Totally. And I think putting a little effort toward that when your family of origin is disappointing can be really restorative, you know? Yeah, it's just like a matter of kind of recentering your focus instead of being like, everyone has parents and a family and I wish this was what I had. That's not what you have. Take life on life's terms. Life didn't give you that. What did life give you? Oh, a beautiful community of queerdos or punks or weirdos or whatever. Totally. Accept that instead of thinking about what you don't have. Yep. Yes. That's just down the friend family hole with you. Lacey, (laughs) I was just on your podcast, which is called Rise and Resist. Yes, it's true. Talking about boundaries. I didn't know that's what we were going to talk about, but that was the way of the conversation, and I liked it. Why did you want to talk about boundaries? Well, initially, I wanted to talk about charging what you're worth, which is a boundary for sure, because I myself am a punk, feminist, queer entrepreneur, and um, many of our listeners also fall under one or some of those categories. And I think the, the topic of money is really complicated for a lot of people, especially if they grew up working class. And that conversation quickly segued into kind of like more emotional boundaries and boundaries with time and boundaries with nourishment and food. And I think it's all really connected. If you have good boundaries, you're basically kind of good at life, to be honest. Yeah. If you can take care of yourself and not let other people get up in your mix. Great. Killing it. Um, you know, something that you were, we were talking about on your podcast was like getting criticism for charging too much for stuff by Mm -hmm. like maybe the punk community or communities that that align themselves with like suffering (laughs) um but something that i forgot to say on your podcast which i'll say here is like if you think someone's charging too much for something you don't have to buy it absolutely you, you don't need to tear them down to your price point you can just not buy it and then if you really want it you could probably figure out a way to buy it later totally totally yeah i am um you know i'm starting also, too, if something seems too expensive, just like you said before, more may be revealed, right? Like I am right now, I am starting a gym, um, and we our website just went live, and I was super excited. And then someone made a comment like, "Uh, two hundred dollars a month, sad face, broken heart," and I was like, "Oh, that person doesn't realize how much our rent costs. Like that's how much we have to charge to make our rent. It's not like we're even." I mean, I would love to make a lot of money for my gym, but that's not at all what's happening. It's just that we need to pay our rent. So you just have to consider with prices of things. It's okay if you can't afford something and you want to do something else. And if you think something's too expensive, you might can try to, I don't know, you don't have to do this as a consumer, but it's worth noting that sometimes things are really expensive to make happen. Yeah. So will you please tell us about your gym? What happens there? Oh. 
Oh, yeah. Um, it is a body and fat positive lifting gym. I mostly focus on barbell movements, um, powerlifting and Olympic lifting. And basically, it's called Liberation Barbell, and it is a gym for anyone who's felt weird in your average gym setting. So a lot of people that are really new to lifting come to me. A lot of people who are insecure or triggered by regular gym settings, um, we have an intention to really include queer people and trans people and punks and moms and vegans and you know people that on average don't feel like a part of the crowd at a typical 24-hour fitness or something yeah I was I was actually just I mean this is so great I'm so happy there's a facility for this because I was just talking to a straight man at a party about when I did homo aerobics Uh I was mentioning, I was like, yeah, you know, he was like, well, what made it gay aerobics? And I was like, well, you know, it was like people with different genders and different body types who don't feel comfortable going into a locker room at a normal gym. And he's like, oh, well, isn't that everybody? And I was like, no, no, not really. It isn't. Not really. (laughs) Like, that's fine if you're like a cisgendered man who's like insecure about something, but it's different than the feeling of being unsafe. Right. Being a differently or gender nonconforming person walking into a gym space and actually not being safe so totally totally so i'm so happy that you are doing that work because i believe in it so fully oh thanks i'm so happy too it feels so good to be like when we were looking for spaces there were a number of spots where for whatever reason the landlords didn't want the bathrooms to be gender neutral or the changing rooms to be gender neutral and it was just it felt so good to be like okay well this is not our space that's our bottom line like I want to be a gym that feels safe and awesome for people and not like it's going to tear them down or like they feel weird, you know? You may or may not know that when I've had PMS multiple times at my old gym, West Coast Fitness, RAP, I, mm-hmm. somebody, they had made some staffer make on computer paper signs that said men and women for the bathrooms Ugh. and stick them up over the gender neutral bathroom things that they had. And I remember seeing those signs the first time and getting so mad and then just having PMS one day just like ripping him down yes <laughs> and then I went back like a month a month or two later they were back up and I just ripped them down again and I was like where's my glad award I mean not really but I was so mad I was like these were like three gender neutral changing bathrooms there's yeah. no reason why we need specific ones they're a single stall no one else is going in there it just yeah. was so useless why I just, it's so simple and it can make such a profound change in someone's comfort that I just, I can't understand why you wouldn't just leave the gender neutral bathroom gender neutral. I don't know. That's wild. Lacey, will you tell me about your favorite snack right now? Favorite snack right now? Hmm. Do you want to hear about the snack I just told you about or do you want to hear about a new and different snack? Something new and exciting. Oh, okay, great. Because I just thought of one that I really love. Um, so I love a Bumble Crumble bar, which is essentially a vegan Butterfinger. Come on. It's, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's delicious. Tom Bumble? Yes. Those nuggets? Oh, my God. Love those nugs. Best nugs ever. <laughs> those are delicious nugs. And also, do you know that if you go to Ebb and Bean... Um, the Froyo place that has vegan Froyo, they have that that you can put on top of your Froyo. Oh, yeah, I know, because 
I discuss, I don't really care about ice cream unless it's very, very hot. Um, and all my friends really like Eben Bean. And I was like, can I just get that bubble crumble bar and also some of the peanut butter magic shell? <laughs> and they told me, no, A, no, you cannot do that. And B, you can go buy yourself a bumble crumble bar so you don't have to ask for a weird cup of, like, nubs of bumble crumble. <laughs> I like that. Wait, I, I, what was I just enjoying? Kimchi with avocado. Mm-hmm. I don't have any chips here. Um, prunes dipped in tahini, as always. And I just got a little bit crazy, and I got some of that um, Elizabeth purely elizabeth simply elizabeth something granola oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's good it is that is such a delicious treat um, i agree lacey davis thank you for coming on the podcast to offer your wisdom about mothers oh yeah no problem it's not i mean we're coming up on smothers day in a couple months mm. it's my Ooh, yay people, people can have this in their pocket for then but um <laughs> totally. how, how can people listen to your podcast Oh, you can find my podcast, Rise and Resist, which is mostly about fitness and feminism on iTunes. You can also find my podcast, Adult Crash, which is about being a grown-up punk um, on iTunes. And yeah, those are those are the two main places. And they can go to your website, liberationbarbell.com? Yep. To join your gym? Yeah, do it. Be my friend. I'll teach you how to lift heavy stuff, and you'll feel awesome. And also, Lacey... Can I use you to say that you are one of my patrons on Patreon? I am, and it's so gratifying. I like I like knowing that. I like <laughs> knowing it's it's gratifying because I post stuff every day, right? Like all the time, constantly. Uh, today I read a comic about some boycotts, and it made me laugh so heartily, or at least parts of the comic about boycotts. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, yeah, everyone can read that comic if they just toss some bones at you. It's not that many bones either; just a couple bones. Yeah, like like pocket change. Pocket change. All right, Lacey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for enjoying um, nature with me. No prob. Here today. And uh, listeners, you can find me on Lacey's podcast this week. I'm on Rise and Resist. When does this come out? It's going to come out on Tuesday, which I have to look at a calendar, unfortunately, seems to like, tell you what day Tuesday is. Like the 28th. Been- the 28th Tuesday I'm going to be on there talking about boundaries and talking about charging what you're worth Um, alright thanks Lacey bye Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet thank you for listening and I'll see you next time to be a Seinfeld. But have you ever noticed that I never try to sell you Blue Apron on the podcast? Or that we do not disparage and bemoan trips to the post office in favor of stamps.com? Well, it is because we have no advertisers. Zero. Producer Chris, producer Ponyo, and myself do this out of the goodness of our hearts because we like it. If you would like to tip producer Chris Sutton, who dedicates hours to this series every week, Please, 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 please send your tip of $5, $10, who knows how much. That's your business via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That is hornet, like the insect, leg, like one of his appendages, at gmail.com. 
If you do this, we will read your name on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? We may have advertisers someday and we'll rant and rave about free sex toys and mattresses and blue apron and whatever. But in the meantime, thank you. We appreciate your support and I look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. That was Ponyo's voice. Don't be scared. A special thank you this week to Robert Burris for tipping Chris. Thanks, Robert. <laughs>